Hello and welcome to another episode of Sideline Sketch. I am back to talk all things football with my co-host and a pain in the ass, Nathan Greenaway. Nathan, how are you? Because Penny asked like he's not late to every podcast whilst I'm on time to every single one. I'm literally late by like a minute or two. So No, you're not. It's 20 minutes after we were meant to start as we start recording. 17 minutes. I'm rounding up. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so how are you? All good? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. My day's 17 minutes behind, but you know, I'm still pleased, <laughs> right. pleased to be here as always. Uh, <laughs> right. I would say a lot's happened, but... I can't really remember most of it. Yeah, it, it all becomes a blur ultimately, but uh, well, that's not helpful when we're going to have a football podcast, but we'll try and make sense of the past couple of weeks. So, it's tough yeah. because like everyone's playing like every 3 or 4 days in uh British football. So, it get, it gets hard to keep up with. So, if, if you feel podcasters yeah. Like it's been a t- like everyone's been mining playing fatigue. It's been tough for us, right? Like picking a day to record, and you're like, oh, we can't do this day because everyone plays tomorrow. And it's like, oh, we'll do this day, and it's like all oh, Champions League is that day. Yeah. And it's like we're the real victims. Yeah. And some days it's like we just want to sit and you know have some tea, but we can't, you know. That's football. Tea. Fuck tea. I don't drink tea either. Um, okay, so we're back with questions. We'll be doing four this time. You know, we're gonna treat you, listeners. So, Nathan, ask. Um, uh, I mean, like hot cocoa, I guess. (laughs) When you're feeling a bit, a bit blue, a bit like under the weather, on a stormy day, some cocoa. Yeah. Which song has it? Oh, one sec. There's literally a Disney song called uh, film called Coco. So, are you thinking of that? There's lots of songs in that. (laughs) No. No. No, I just I just thought of something. You know the song "Sacrifice" by Elton John, right? Uh, yeah, Elton John "Sacrifice." Yeah, so he says "cold, cold heart." I, when I was a kid, I used to think he's saying "coco heart." And I was like, "Yo, coco, chocolate heart." Yeah, I was like, "That's dope." But no, he was saying "cold, cold heart," and that makes it really sad, you know. Yeah, it does. Well, it depends why he's cold. Is he cold because he's outside? No, but then why would the heart be cold and not the entire body? It might be freezing. Like, what if it's like minus 20 and then he's just actually frozen? Right. Then his heart would be cold. Maybe he's sub-zero. Nah. I think he's just... Well, when did Tom come out? I don't know. I, 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 was not, I, I don't think I was born when it came out. Okay. So it's about a year it is. He might have just been whacked out on drugs. <laughs> no comment. So, uh... On to the questions. Uh, Nathan, ask your first question. Uh, so my first question, I was going to dive right into the obvious thing. And it kind of leeches off of something you learned uh, me the other day when you decided to suddenly have a fascination with Imeric Laporte. And uh, <laughs> so you're about to lose, obviously, Alaba, Boateng. Wow. Uh, okay. Somebody else. I can't remember. Boateng, Javi Martinez. Javi Martinez, yeah. Uh, you've already signed Makane. Yeah. Realistically, where are we going for the other centre half? Or are you just not going to sign? <laughs> Which is actually uh, yeah, quite th- realistic. That's, yeah. yeah, that's very realistic. Like, Yeah, I think that's the answer. But I would say, ideally, 
It's not going to be a big signing at all. It depends, really, because I think we could do more with a fullback. You know, I think a right back would be a better fit at the moment. I mean, it, it would because you've had all these sorts of issues with Pavard, but being realistic yeah. with Bayern's history in the transfer market in recent years, you're going to sign one or the other, unless, like, there was that Reading fullback who's going to be a free. That's probably going to be your fullback signing. Yeah, <laughs> and they're a left back. Um, uh, uh, I think left back are fine. If Luca Hernandez stays, then we have him and he has to stay. Fonzie. He spent too much money. No, but I think if he wants to leave, then because he he isn't getting much game time, because again, I, I don't it's, think it's mostly terrible. He's not. No, no, that's actually false. Because I think apart from the game against PSG, Bayern have won all games that they where he has started. I think, or like have not lost with him playing. <laughs> I need to check that. But I read something. Bad week, friends. Well, you don't lose many games. Yeah. So that's realistic. But that. But so many injuries. Like, yeah, he's he's a back. I think he's good. He? He's not in the best he, eleven. No, he's not. Uh, but again, Fonzie hasn't been great this season. He is having like again, he's had his injury issues, and he's slowly coming back into it. Right. I think the game against PSG, he should have started because of the pace that the backline was going to deal with. But regardless. Um, I think fullbacks, we need one right back in terms of a central defender. I don't know. I think if we get someone, it would be... Oh, I have no idea. I, I, I can't think of any name what? that... Why don't you just go in? Realistically, Bayern will go for has a release clause as well. Like, I know it's just going to create theme, again, of Bayern just buying everyone. But why not just buy him? Like, his release clause is apparently another 40 million euros or less. Nobody really is at this point. Apparently, it was getting reported yesterday to people. It's actually less than initially thought. He's had injury problems across the last couple of seasons. I think he's only played, I think it was 19 league games across the last two seasons. But still, he's apparently going to be awesome. And you got, like, right, yeah. you got Sula and people like that. Because so. the trouble you don't buy or tend to fall into the trap of buying fullbacks to convert to a centre-half. Mm-hmm. Like, talking about Alaba, Lucas Hernandez, or doing yeah. the reverse with Sula and playing him at right-back. Oh. Which is hilarious. Sula at right-back. I don't think I've seen a worse player than Sula at right-back. I, I, I think... He does it, make it's, Phil Jones look competent at right-back. It's unbelievable. <laughs> to, like, it's pretty bad. Because he's not... He's, he's too... He's too cumbersome. Like... Sorry, my phone's just shouting at me. Um, yeah, it's okay. He's cumbersome. I shout at you too, so. To get right back. Like, his position, he's not a right back. His positioning is dreadful. Yeah, I, I don't think... You know what? I don't think a centre-back is as badly needed as a full-back. I think a right-back is I think crucial. you've got options at full-back. We're going to disagree. You've got options at full-back because I think centre-half centre when everybody leaves in the summer... You're seriously going to be lacking numbers. You're just going to a season like this season where you're a couple of injuries in the wrong area away from just having Obi. Because see, we, Nianzu is there. He is young and he's had his injury issues, but he's now coming back. Uh, so he can make you know some plays in 
defense. Then you'll have Upamecano, Sula. So we'll have options. Maybe, again, I'm, I know it's not going to be a big signing. It's going to be someone who can do a job. And I hope it's a competent fullback. My dream signing will, will forever be Aaron Rambasaka. I just want him it's in Bayern. And have Phil Jones. I'll take it. Over, over, over Sula, I'll take it. <laughs> Phil Jones can play right back. He was a right back when we bought him. Please, no. 10 years ago. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, I think midfield, I would like to point out Thiago Dantas had a great game against Unio Berlin. He was creative. Jamal Muziala is incredible. I'm so happy that he is a Bayern player. We have young stars who are going to be yeah, the next crop. So that's exciting. Just none see. of them are defenders. That's the only problem. Yeah, that's true. You got that midfield options for days. Like if you go out this summer and sign any more midfielders or get another blooming winger on loan, like it's such a waste of a window because you just Lewandowski's obviously not slowing down. That's going to be the big one in a couple, probably in a season or two. I don't want to put a time on him because he might go on forever. But like if you if you sign another attacker and waste your transfer budget, where if you just shore up the defense. You're going to be right back to where you were last season. You say that, but what about the striker position? Because look at this injury and look at what it has done to the team. Yeah, it's it's not great. Like if you can get somebody to plan B striker, like the obvious one, the the obvious plan B striker to look at is to get rid of Chupa Moteng and uh, get someone like Olivier Giroud in. I know he's aging again. But Ooh, it's a cheap yes, signing because yes, that yes. you're losing Javi Martinez, uh, Boateng, Alaba. Those are, that's your defense. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, it, it do, you don't need to make a big money signing in the striker position this window. Like, or if you can get somebody on loan, I don't know what. I don't know. Like Xerxes is a disaster over in Italy by all accounts. That like, he's not playing at all. So I don't really know what's going on there or what that deal is, but. Yeah, you you need to, you need to plan B striker for when Lewandowski needs a rest or gets injured, but like you you're losing three three stalwarts at the back. Like that's where the money needs to go, and obviously it's gone into Upamecano, but there's just a lack of numbers there. Yeah, again, I would take a competent right back and a guy at full back at centre half. I would do a job. What if you signed like? I've not seen a lot of him this season, but by all accounts, he's been he's been good. But if you got someone like like Max Ahrens, isn't going to cost a whole lot. I know Norwich don't really need to sell, but he's he's going to be he's going to be good in a few years' time. And there was all those rumours for a while. Then you just see someone who's reliable at the back. Like if it depends, Sula going to be first choice? Do you think alongside Upa Makana? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you need somebody who's going to be happy to kind of be a bit of a backup plan, like a fifth. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, and we need someone looking to the job because. Tia Kasani, you should sign a. I can't. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name. A concert, Aston Villa. What a great defender he is. Oh yeah, he's very good against Liverpool, but he's he's very very good. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, but then he's totally taking for team football. Oh, I think that'll him. be too ambitious for now. But yeah, I think he'll cost a lot. Bednarak, Southampton. No, no. Because every time he scores, they lose. 
<laughs> there was a stat going around not long ago. I think he scored again. He scored the open against us, and then there was the stat that every time he'd scored, it'd been the first goal, and then Southampton had gone on to lose three <laughs> one. <laughs> that sucks. But yeah, I I think someone who can do the job at defense. Again, the defensive line is gonna suffer because so many people are leaving. Alaba and Boateng like our starters you know so i don't think it has like obviously you need people with a with a relationship and like the best we've spoken about this on the podcast before but the best defenses are always the ones don't have to change a lot which has kind of been your issue this season a little bit is that you've had to change that back line so many times and we've seen also what happened to Bayern, what's it's done to liverpool when you have to change the back line all the time like it's it's enough that you need people to know each other so i'm saying canate and max aaron's I'll take it, but it's not going to happen. Do it. And then get Nkuku as well. Kunku, however you say his name. Yeah, yeah. Who else? Olmo. Uh, and everyone. Angelino. And Nagelsmann. I mean, yeah, 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 get him. Actually, don't get him. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like him. Why? Because every time I've watched Leipzig play, he has set the side up in some stupid way that they've then gone on to get battered. Like I, I, I don't forgive. It, it like, works I for them, but Liverpool are a top, top side. But that first leg, where going in with the, with a back four that had like I think it was Jordan Henderson and Nat Phillips like, with a back four. It might Henderson might have already been out injured then. I can't remember now. He didn't play a striker. For me, that that's unforgivable. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. But again, they always kind of play like that. They. They push forward. They no. They put pressure on the team and ultimately find the breakdown. Even against Bayern in the second half, they didn't put pressure on the team. That's that was because they had nobody there. They didn't have a focal point, and they were playing against the back four. That was completely makeshift. Like I just think it's a bit unforgivable that the second they just had too much to do at that point. But it's because of stupid decisions like that. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Um, Bayern, I don't have a lot to say right now because it's a tough time with the injuries, the loss to PSG, and the draw against Unia Berlin. But hopefully we get through the season and hopefully there's a comeback on the cards. And then next season we build uh, the back line, hopefully. Yeah, and so. you're Second leg's in Paris, isn't it? Which is, which is tough, because yeah. you got to score, well, at least twice, without reply. Which yeah. is tough, but this isn't, this, isn't a, a, this isn't a great PSG side this season. And let's they be honest, they haven't been great in... Yeah, they haven't been great in return legs either, like against Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, they're... Barcelona, they weren't great. Last season. They're notorious for just... Fall yeah. into bits in the second leg. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean that. I mean last year there were no second legs, so that helped them. Mm. They're there to be. They're there to be had though. Like, yeah. That this isn't a great PSG side. They're going to be going in with a couple of injuries as well in key areas. So if you can get out, you've got a lot of people missing. You're going to have to outscore them. For sure, yeah. Like, uh, and it'd be tough. Sounds like a silly. It sounds like a silly thing to say on the surface of it, yeah. but that's just because you aren't going to be able to contain their attack. 
I think I would play Muziala over Shubamoto. I'd play like I'm looking at a crow that sat on my fence. I don't know. I would play that crow. Shubamoto scored, so let's not disrespect him. Like everyone gets lucky. <laughs> that was a good header, but yeah, Muziala is great. Uh, I would play him again. That that would mean that there is no striker, as you say. But yeah, but when it's chief emoting, is the exception. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just 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 go for it. You got you got nothing to lose. Like you got you can always. Fall, there's so many injuries in key areas to the side. Like you might as well just go all guns blazing. You might you rather go out losing like five four on aggregate than. Yeah. And just go in there and kind of limping to a nil-nil draw. True. Uh, I mean, if it... Okay, you're saying 5-4, we lose. Fair. Uh, go uh, down uh, screaming. Yeah. I think, as as I said, Jamal Muziala should start just on the basis of the chupamoting rule. I think that's a new thing now. <laughs> if he's go, your sole striker, you still play. start anyone else. So, I, I shouldn't like say Lucas that. Lucas Hernandez fit? Uh, Lucas Hernandez should be fit. Then play him uh, at left back. Play Fonzi left wing. Have Musiala through the middle. Play like Coleman on the right. What about Sane? It's too much pay. Davis pace. <laughs> we just we just do it like start Coleman and then you can bring Sane on or or play Sane at, at, at like ten. Just have Muller in there as well. Just have everyone. Just, there. just go. Yeah, go down screaming. I see the thing the big problem is Goretzka because he is still a major doubt if he will start or not so yeah cuz you got to start Boateng at rocker center half on you or something uh it will be I think it'll be Lucas Hernandez in the back Boateng and rocker the back three play Fonzi at left that's not going to happen you say that's not going to happen Okay, I'll tell you what the lineup's going to be, right? I'll tell you. It'll be Noya. It'll be Pava. Sula. No, it's not going to be Sula. I think they'll go for Boateng, Lucas Hernandez, Davies. The midfield will be... Alaba will be in midfield with Kimmich. And then you'll have the normal front four of Sane, Coman, Muller and Chupamoteng. I think that will be the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean it could, it could certainly do the job. You've got the people in there to dominate the midfield because PSG midfield is where they're kind of going to struggle without Verratti. He might be back because he has cleared the COVID test. ever play though? <laughs> That's very yeah. true. It's, it's one of those weird things where Verratti for me is a bit of an enigma because I'm not sure if I've ever actually watched him play. I feel like he's always missing. <laughs> the last memory I have of seeing him is the 6-1 against Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> and that was so long ago. <laughs> like, and since then, it's like every game. Like every time PSG play United, yeah. Neymar and Verratti are missing. And we played him because yeah. Neymar played one and he got absolutely hammered by wan Saka for the entire game. <laughs> Verratti, I'm not sure if... Maybe for Italy, I've seen him play a couple of times. I mean, I'm kidding. We have seen him play, but uh, yeah, he's missing quite often. He is. Yeah. So it'll be like Ander Herrera and uh, <laughs> Gurna Guy or whatever. Yeah, it is a gun, okay. 
Maybe. I was just hoping Neymar got a yellow card in the last game so that he would be suspended for this one. But he didn't. I mean, there's still like an 80% chance he doesn't play. Are there any birthdays coming up? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's enough Bayern talk. It's depressing. <laughs> I want to move on. Uh, it's not that bad. I mean, as long as we have a decent showing against PSG and we clinch the league, it's fine. You know, it's fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, on to my first question. You said under Herrera. I would like to mention another Herrera who who plays for a Spanish side who had a comf- comfortable lead oh, no. in the league. And it's slowly dwindled away. Now it's down to one point with level games played. Uh, not too long ago, we were just talking about how Atletico Madrid have run away with La Liga this year, with Barcelona and Madrid struggling. They have turned it around. And Atletico against just... Uh, again, the problem is they're not even losing to like the Reals or the Barca's. These are the games that they should get the points in. And the other two teams have gained consistency yeah. while they have completely lost it themselves. So, question is, it's a two-parter. How do you think La Liga goes? And what do you think is the major fault line at Atletico at the moment? I think that La Liga... Real Madrid and Barcelona are right behind that. Lean more towards Real Madrid just because they just won El Clasico. So they got to have all the momentum yeah. behind them. Uh, they played really well with Liverpool. They were outstanding against Liverpool, in fact. Uh, especially in that first yeah. half. They were they were unbelievable. And I know there was a couple of mistakes from the Liverpool side to give Madrid a couple of goals. But I thought from first minute to last minute, they were they were brilliant. Uh, then to back it up with an El Clasico win, I'd lean more towards them. With Atletico Madrid, it's quite, it's, it's pretty easy when you just look at their results of scoring enough. And it's always been kind of the Simeone thing of the Marvel one win or a 2-1 kind of scraping by. But there's just, for some reason, there's not a lot of goals in this side. And they're also, for a Simeone side, they're kind of conceding a few easy goals as well. And it feels like if Suarez isn't scoring, that's kind of it. Like, there's no real other threats there, even though there's some outstanding creative players in that side. But too often not, Diego Simeone, they're kind of handcuffed a little bit in terms of creativity. And so there's a lot of players that are having to play kind of within themselves because they're so regimented. Like, the example that kind of, like, for people that perhaps haven't seen him play but do watch Premier League, like, when United were under Louis van Gaal, there was so much creativity wow. in the side, but everyone was so regimented, so handcuffed to having to play in their zones that there was just How you such made the comparison. a lack of creativity there. But, I mean, you look at their recent results. one all draw with Betis, 1-0 loss to Sevilla, 1-0 yeah. win with Alaves, like, the 2-0 loss to Chelsea, 0-0 with Getafe, 2-1 win, one all draw, 2-0 win. 1-0 loss. There's a lot of goals there. You have to go all the way back to the 31st of January uh, before they've scored more than two goals a game, which is a 4-2 win uh, against probably actually a neighbor, Cadiz. And, and who scored the goals? Uh, one second, it's just loading up. I don't know. But yeah, Luis Suarez, Sol, Luis Suarez, and Coke. 
Uh, and yeah, they, the goals have just kind of dried up. Before then, you're looking and they're winning games 3-1, they're winning games 3-0. Still an exception, most of them are kind of 1-0 wins or 0-0 or draws. But there's just not a lot of goals in that side, like, at all. And the, they've only scored one less than Madrid, which is a bit ironic, but Madrid have that horrible statistic up until recently of having more injuries than goals this season. But Madrid, it's kind of the reverse. They started off flat and awful, and then towards the end of the season, they've kind of turned it right up. Uh, and basically conceded 20 goals, which isn't a lot, but a lot of them have been recently. Because I think they'd only conceded five for ages. Yeah. Or something silly like that. But they're just a bit handcuffed at the minute. Like, he has to kind of betray his principles a little bit, Simeone, if he wants to kind of recover this and to let people kind of be a bit freer. But he's never done that. And again, the, a major no. talking point is they don't have Suarez anymore. He is down, he's out yeah. with an injury. So the goals are going to be dried up. So he does need to make the change. But He's got a 100 million euro striker. In Jao Felix or Felix, however you pronounce it, and I think people don't talk about that enough. <laughs> well, they, just they, how they he was, up. he's such an exciting young player. He's so he's so good. Oh yeah, he is for sure. But again, it's it's the system. The system is that it's defense before attack. Yeah, and that that goes for the strikers as well. It goes for everybody on the pitch. Like no one's really thriving in the Athletic side at the minute standing players in there like Saul sure. who is just like it's, he just has to play within his zones so oh, they, they might turn it around yeah. and win the last few games I think there's only I'll say it'd be six or seven left now surely so it's not out of the realms of possibility but at the minute it looks like they're going to draw a couple lose a couple and Madrid or Barcelona are going to pounce yeah I think Madrid, Madrid will do it because they look so defensively. Uh, they look solid defensively and in midfield, and I think Zidane has done a great tactical job in setting this team up. So yeah, I think I think they'll win, and I think they'll win quite handily near the end. I don't I don't think it'll even even go down to the last game. Yeah, I, I think mean, they've got this. It depends. They don't have to play like looking at Madrid and Atletico's fixtures. There isn't another Madrid derby. Real Madrid probably have the better run in. As well, like a lot of games, yeah. well, they've got f- four games at home uh, and four away. So, I mean, it could all still go wrong. A couple, the last two are a couple of tough ones for Madrid, where they're away at Bilbao and then to Villarreal. Villarreal, who are having a good season, and they still do have to play Sevilla. But Madrid should be winning that, even without Ramos. And with a lot of injuries, yeah, Zidane has got the Casemiro, uh, Cruz and Modric midfield kind of firing again. Yeah. Kind of started up that old motor. And, yeah, Benzema as well has been one of the standout players of the season across the whole of Europe. Still good at hold-up play and getting in position to strike. Yeah, and I mean, you wouldn't... The way they played against Liverpool, you wouldn't... Suddenly, you wouldn't bet against them winning the Champions League again. Oh yeah, one hundred. Like they, they put Liverpool to the sword a little bit, like, and they do have to do the return leg at Anfield, which has a great for Liverpool lately, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so you would fancy them, but yeah, credit to Zidane. For sure. So yeah, I think Atletico 
need to switch things up. If they do, then they have a shot. If not, then this will just be a recurring cycle. And the team with momentum on their side will push through. And they have they have the experience. The Zidane team is very experienced, if anything else. If not anything else, sorry. So, yeah, and they got that mix yeah. of youth as well. A lot of people, a lot of the media that I see, obviously, is the, is the British media. We're pointing out kind of the faults in the way Liverpool played against Real Madrid, but... You got not a lot enough people were talking about Vinicius Junior. Oh, so good! He was ridiculous. He had he had Trent on toast high game. Like <laughs> I think from the get go, they were they were looking to get the ball on the left. They wanted to exploit Trent. Yeah, they wanted to. And he's Vinicius not having a great incredible. season, like Trent, yeah. which we'll get. This actually links in quite nicely to my next question, which is obviously the Trent Alexander Arnold question. It comes from the last England squad where Trent got dropped. Uh, or didn't get the call up. I think dropped is a bit hard. I would say that he was guaranteed to be in the squad. He, he's not. Nobody is. But he he didn't get picked, and everyone had their opinion on it. Everyone was furious, asking what Gareth's doing. Even after Southgate won all three of his internationals, that was still mostly what people were talking about, and a lot of people hyping up about how he's he's been, including Klopp, saying he's been the best fullback in Europe across the last couple seasons, and. Then, of course, Trent goes and scores uh, yesterday or the day before, at the time of recording. I don't remember. And, yeah, I think um, day before. S- suddenly, it all pipes up again. Everyone forgiving the fact he had an absolute nightmare against Real Madrid a few days before. Um, yeah. But Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville had a good half hour, I guess, talk show amongst themselves about their England squads. We're not going to dive into both of their selections because some of them were just said I think for the sake of causing controversy and uh, particularly on Gary's side I think but do you think be and I think the word needs to be has to be in the England squad well no nobody has to be in that team but I think he deserves a spot I think he adds something to that team that very few people do so I think he shouldn't be in the team Regardless of form, because I think... I think okay, I want to regardless of form, but... The sticking point for me is that, obviously, Trent Alexander-Arnold is an absolute gem of a player. He's he's brilliant at what he does. He's got some areas that he needs to improve on. But I think it's that bit that gets me, where people are saying, regardless of how he's playing. Right, uh, yeah, I get, I'll, I'll take that back, because I, I think there is a balance... And I think he does get a bit of a leeway. I think he deserves a bit of a leeway in terms of what, because of what he offers to the team. But he does need to play better. So yeah, I think he's not had a very good season. And on my other football podcast at a time, my co-host Dara is a big Liverpool fan, and he, for a lot of the season, was saying since about last February, he obviously watches every Liverpool game, and he was saying since about last February, Trent had gone like until lately, and there was in terms of what. I, I really want to know because it's, defensively he was never yeah, great. Defensively he wasn't great, but he also loses the ball a lot. And there was a horrible statistic. I can't remember what game it was. It might have been a game where he lost the ball 38 times or something. And against Real Madrid in the first half, right. he lost the ball 13 times. That's how much they were exploiting him. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't just getting past him. They were taking the ball off him. And I know the winner against Villa two days ago. But that doesn't... If he's if anyone's losing the ball that many times or giving it away and there was another one, I can't remember what game it was again, where his cross conversion 
was 0% for a match. Like, no, nobody got on the end of them, and that's not all going down to him, but at some point you have to go, where are you putting these balls? So, he does add something, but if he's not playing well, if, if your fullback's not playing well, I don't want him in the side. If Aaron Wan-Bissaka was having like, nightmare games consistently, I think he would get dropped. Like, 100%. I get your point. But, but here's the thing. This Liverpool side has suffered all over. Like, it is a very different side to what, you know, was playing last year. And I get the point that, it, that he has kind of gone off the boil since last season. But you kind of do have to play uh, the fact in that this team sets up a particular way and plays a particular style. And if they don't have the right personnel, it becomes very hard for the players to implement their style. And because of that, that's a worry that I have going into his selection. Because England are not going to play the way Liverpool play. And he's not going to have the same players around him. So if he offers what he does in such a particular system, that does not really aid to his selection because he needs to be able to adapt to different settings, different situations. And so far, it seems like he's having a hard time with it. Yeah, and I think since, since getting dropped, he obviously got the rest time. Like, and he has come back and, he, and looked decent um, in kind of short spells. But... Yeah, he's not found enough at times. but And I don't think that should be forgiven, especially when you go into a tournament. Because that's the other thing, is that people say, oh, he has to play because of this, because of that, because he's done this. But if he's not playing well in a tournament, you don't have time for that. Yeah. Like, it's not like a 38-game league season where you can get away with having a couple of rough games here and there because it comes so thick and fast and it's to bounce back. If he makes the mistakes that he made against Real Madrid in the knockout part of the Euros in England go home, Gareth would get absolutely massacred for picking him. Yeah, true. And then all these people that have been saying that, oh, he has to play, it's it's not act like it's not optional. But if he does in a tournament, England go home. England don't get to go away to Swansea next week and try and bounce back. Swansea of all teams. Well, I was just picking a random team off the top of my head. But, like, you don't have a good season. And, yeah, you don't get that bounce back time. Yeah. Like, so, I, I think people do need to remember we're picking a squad for a tournament where these mistakes aren't like in the Champions League. Those Trent mistakes might cost Liverpool. They win 1 0 at Anfield. And then it comes down to the fact that they messed up for those two goals, send some packing. Like, and then, yeah. then what is one going to say? Yeah, you just you don't have time. You need people that are playing well and doing their jobs. And if if anyone isn't playing well, if Harry didn't score for twenty games in a row, he shouldn't go to the Euros. Yeah. But defensively at fullback, you have Walker. There's so much to choose from. Got Walker, in terms got of what he offers. Trippier. Oh, come on. Yeah, but if he's not doing that at the minute, that's the point. It's all on paper, yeah, he's fantastic. But he can but offer it, that's the point. Well. He can offer it, though. And but and if he has a good string of games, then he should be going to... If he, yeah, if he plays well between now and the rest of the season, but we're sat here recording this five days removed from him being in just the complete wrong position for two Real Madrid goals at the Bernabeu. 
a game like getting to play at the Bernabeu, you want to go there and play your best, and he was at fault for two out of the three. Yeah. No, he, it's great that he scored against Villa, but he's got he's got for the for the for me, and it's not up to me in any way, shape, or form, obviously. But he'll have a great end to season. I think he will go, just because Gareth will kind of cave into the fact of taking him. But England, we have a rich array of fullbacks. Like it's not essential. It's not like the old the old uh, days. Not that's well. I guess they are quite a long time ago. But like ten, twelve years ago, when we had Ashley Cole and nobody else, and Phil Neville was at back fullbacks for days now. Again, I think if he has a good string of games, then he does offer something different to the team. So he should go in that case. But if this form continues, then it'll be tough. Yeah, like if he helps them knock out Madrid midweek and then go to have a fantastic end of the season, he's going to go and he's probably going to start. Yeah. But you can't. It's a tournament. There's no time for people that aren't playing well. Yeah. Again, this England team is great to have options. It's it's deep. So in that case, this is the time you have to go for it. Yeah. It's, it's a golden opportunity. There's so, so many you have players that want to go to Euros. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Callum Hudson-Odoi is not going. He doesn't even have a shot. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's ridiculous depth that is there. Uh, what do you moment. think are the chances of, like, Juan Bissaka? Uh, apparently zero. That sucks. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how. Because Trent, I think Trent will go, despite everything I've just said. I think he'll go. Whether he's playing good or not, I think that's what will happen. I don't think that's what should happen. Luke Shaw will go. Aaron, uh, not Aaron Creswell. Uh, ben Chilwell is going to go. Kyle Walker is going to go. Trippy is going to go. I just don't think. I I don't know what more. Aaron Wan-Bissaka has to do. like. He's having a really good season. Yes, he's, solid as hell. He's playing really well. He's improved his attacking play. He he's always in the in the right position. I saw someone the other day. I can't remember. That was criticising him, saying that he slides in too much, which means he's in the wrong position. <laughs> no, I, I can't remember who it was who said that. Now, oh, it was one of the pundits. Yeah, he was saying he's not, he's not a good defender because he he doesn't think right positions. Yeah, and like he has the most interceptions, he's the most tackles one in the league for the third season in a row. He's incredible. I don't He's know why people like, like I don't know the art of defending particularly well. And I think it was it Maldini who said that if you have to make a tackle, you've already made a mistake. And it's like, that was... Yeah, like, I guess so. But that's only if you get the chance to intercept a pass, for example. Like, if someone's running at you, you've yeah. got to tackle them, surely. You can't be like, oh, I'm too good a defender. Please go past me. Like, I don't tackle. Like... <laughs> He must yeah, love football. But no, I don't. Wemsack is not going to go. Just because Gareth hates him. The two people I would like to see in that team would be Wambasaka and Wapras. Yeah. Yeah, he could swing in a free kick. He, the, uh, he adds, again, if you're not going to take Trent, then you should take James Wapras. So you still have that I mean, option. that seems a bit weird. <laughs> I mean, you still, you still have that option of playmaking well, in that team. Wapras, though... Um, I don't know, like I don't know if Henderson's going to be fit. Probably, it's getting a bit late in the day, but maybe. Even Declan's out, so it's a tough yeah, time. Yeah, he's right out now. for a little bit. 
Um, I don't think he's got a bad end. He'll be back in time. But yeah, Ward-Prowse is probably going to... should go. He could swing in a good ball. I think he's got to get him out on the right-hand side. If you got okay. Ward-Prowse and Trent on his day, kind of just passing it back and forth and one of them's pinging the ball in, then Mason Greenwood style <laughs> as of yesterday. What a ball that was. I, I, You know what? I think he could make it in. He sh- he he has a shout. Oof. I don't. Would I would love it. I agree it, with what Neville said. Too late. Neville did say that he got. Sorry, what did Neville say? Neville did say that he has. Uh, he adds that, you know, outright goal scoring. I, that if you take Kane away, very few people would. I so. think if someone gets injured, like Kane or uh, Calvert Lewin, then. Mason will go in just because he's such a good finisher. Yeah. But he's fit and firing at the minute. I don't think he's had a good enough season to warrant a place. Like he's he scored about well, two in his last three. He got a great assist yesterday off for Carney. But I don't. Nah, I don't think he's had a good enough season. He just he hasn't scored enough for such a good finisher. And there's been a lot of reasons that obviously go outside football for his form this season. But he's he's not scored enough. I think he's only got five league goals or something. Yeah, I I guess he hasn't done enough, but I I get the sentiment behind what Neville said. Yeah, you you do get it. I think sometimes pundits and everyone like we they just fall into the trap of looking at things black and white and just going, well, he's the best finisher, so he should he should go because he adds something. You go, we well, actually look at how they're playing, like Trent and like Missy. Just go, well, yeah, they can do those things, but they haven't. And they're saying it's not enough, not enough time to try and play people into form, especially England. We've done that before. We took, we've taken Wayne Rooney and Beckham in tournaments not too long ago when they've come off really bad injuries. We've just taken them because we needed that that figure there, and then Lord and behold, they play like Ash because Beckham had a broken foot up until two weeks ago. Yeah, it's like it's just. Let's not fall into that again because we've got the players that could actually win something. So let's use those players that can win something. You can't fantasy book football. <laughs> Very true. But yeah, the single in team is great. Coming back to the original point, Trend needs to deliver in the league to really earn a spot I think he'll go anyways but definitely to start to be that main guy he needs to kind of deliver more alright then on to my second question it is about one man who we did not bring up in the discussion it is the man who scored two goals yesterday it is the man himself the dancer the dazzler Jesse Lingard. My goodness. Who would have thought that we would be talking about Jesse Lingard absolutely flourishing in West Ham? And it's not just him. This team has had an incredible season. Considering the fact that I made the horrible prediction saying that they would go down uh, this season. (laughs) They're now in contention for top four. And they're playing incredibly well. Yeah. They have this swagger about them. It's it's it's, it's amazing. 
And yes, again, this team is not great in terms of players on paper. That's why you see sometimes how they have these collapses. Yesterday, they were able to hold on. But the fact that they're able to play so well and get here is amazing. And Jesse Lingard has been on incredible form. I think he has scored more goals than anyone has since he joined West Ham. So that's amazing. What do you think of West Ham and their chances in top four? It's exceptional. They've got every chance. Like, absolutely every chance. Like they're one point ahead of Chelsea. I think they're two ahead of Liverpool in fourth at the minute. Uh, it's been an incredible season. You just hope that for them they end it well. And there's people there who are answering a lot of critics. And the one man who comes from there is David Moyes. Like, he's had a bit of a nightmare since leaving yeah. Everton. United didn't go well for him for numerous reasons. Uh, Rose, your dad, went okay-ish. Like, he won at the new Camp. And then, since then, like, Sunderland obviously didn't go well. First spell, West Ham went well. But then West Ham decided to go in a different direction with Pellegrini. And that didn't pan out. So they returned to him and... He's he's gotten firing. He's cleared out. Once done, is he's cleared out players that he does it doesn't fit or don't have the right attitude, whatever it is. If they don't want to be there, he's got rid of them. And like all people that just needed a fresh start. Like I don't think Haller was necessarily a bad player. He's obviously not a bad player, but it wasn't right. Let's move him on. Either doesn't he didn't replace him in January either. Like he, but he made that brutal call. And yeah. he's got players in there that he believes in, players that clearly believe in him. One of them right now is Jesse Lingard. Like, nine league games played, eight goals scored. What more yeah. can you ask for nine. for the guy? Like, he's matched his best United total, nine games, which is eight. <laughs> he scored eight goals in 33 and 17-18. And he's got, he's got eight. In nine, and it's great to see. Like Jesse Lingard's been the butt of a joke. He's been the butt of a lot of jokes that we've made. Yeah, I think one thing that we both have consistently said though is that he's not a bad player. One hundred percent. He works incredibly hard. He's got a great attitude. United fans do like him, and I, and I do like him. Like I didn't want him to. It's going to sound really horrible, but I didn't want to stay in the squad because he wasn't good enough at the squad, and yeah. we needed to do exactly what. David Moyes has done at West Ham, which is clear out people that aren't up to the aren't having a good time, don't want to be there, whatever it is. You don't want those people in your squad, but he's he's flying at West Ham. He's doing incredible. They're winning games without Declan Rice, which a lot of people predict they wouldn't do. Uh, like They've still got yeah. Mark Noble there, who's an incredible leader, and he's going into his last season next season. But what a way it would be to kind of end his West Ham career if he could get him in the top four. And if David Moyes does get him in the top four, he's he's manager of the year. For sure, for sure. Without it. I but think he already just, is. I mean... Well, it depends how they end, because there's still seven games to go. If they have a nightmare last seven, they might end up finishing like eighth or something. And then... But, yeah, but it's, compared it's to very like congested. where they were last season, it's still incredible. Well, it's, it's not having really just give a squad consistency and you've just got players that he believes in. As you say, he's got players there that not a lot of people would, would fancy per se, like a Jared Bowen or like Fournells yeah. and, and players like that. But Susek, what or Susek, yeah. have you said? He's having a great season. And he was a bat plan. I can't remember who it was now who West Ham were going to try and sign. Oh, I don't know who it was now off the top of my head. But they were going to... Was it, was it Berg? 
What the... What the sniper? No, it was somebody else. Oh, I don't remember now, but Western signed him as kind yeah. of like a backup. And look at him. Yeah. Hey, he, he's incredible. Incredible. But defensively, they're so good as well. Like, even incredible. again with a lot of players, they, they've had their injury problems as well. And I mean, yeah, Cresswell has just got injured. Antonio before that. Yeah, and it's other players like uh, like Craig Dawson, very unfancied. They took him from the championship. Yeah, Hull uh, City, right? Watford, I believe. No, was it Hull or was it? I don't know. Oh, I can't remember now either. But they take they take him and just turns him into this incredible player. Like Mikel Antonio as well, another fantastic season. He's a, he's a winger turns, and he's doing everything they need him to do. There's so much energy about this side. Uh, you kind of watched him play and. Even as a United fan, I go, how did we beat these guys? Like, they're ridiculous. <laughs> and like, Leicester did very nearly get back into it with uh, Kelechi getting a couple more goals. A great season he's having as well. And he, Yeah, he turned it around. He was having years. a tough time earlier. And, uh, <laughs> he's... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they held on for the 3-2 win. I was so hoping Lingov was going to get a hat-trick. But I think... For for Jesse, I don't know what he's thinking in terms of United, but I don't think I, he should come back. I think the West Ham uh, yeah. should make this permanent. If this is where he's going to play his best football, like he's he's By done everything means. he's going to do at Man United. Like he Europa League, he's won the League Cup, he scored a, a winning goal in an FA Cup final for us. He came through the academy, but he's playing so well at West Ham. I don't know what what the deal is going to be, but, or whether they can make it happen, or what the funds are, but. If they make one signing this summer, I think it should be Jesse Lingard. Yeah, I agree. Like he gives he gives him a winning edge because Lingard has won things. He has lifted trophies. Like having someone that's like in that squad must be must be incredible. Kufau like as well, great signing. So I'm just listing people off the squad who I think have had good. I think all of them have. So I hope they get top four. Mostly so Chelsea and Liverpool don't. Um, even if Leicester are going to try and <laughs> try and help them out. Oh. Like, my ideal top four... I mean, this is, this is not like... This is what I think will happen. This is what I want to see happen. Would be West Ham, Everton, United. Everton are too far away now. They're so inconsistent. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, let's hope they have a good performance today. They have played Especially two less games. Guess they could, if they win those in hand, they'll go above Liverpool. Yeah. But Everton, yeah. they've had Everton won at Anfield, and since then have just been a bit shocking. Like, it's yeah. it's weird, it's weird. But I was thinking Arsenal top half of the table. Well done to them. Yeah. <laughs> they needed that win against Sheffield. <laughs> the funniest quote of the year. Um, is Arsenal playing Sheffield United? Arsenal three 0 up. Steve McManaman, man of the people, said, and I quote: "Performance is very unlike the Sheffield United side." <laughs> Steve McManaman showing that he has not watched a second of football this season because they're bottom <laughs> table with fourteen points. <laughs> no way! Said, what are yeah, you on about? He's, this is very like Sheffield United. What did, the, what did the others say? I think they just fired him on the spot. I don't know. I don't remember what they said. <laughs> I think they just kind of ignored it. 
But I just sat there and I said, how is it unlike them? <laughs> this is very like them. Beating us was unlike Sheffield United. Like losing 3 0 to Arsenal. <laughs> very unlike Arsenal. But, but yeah. <laughs> there we go. But go on, Jesse. Yeah. Uh, go on, Jesse. I, I, I love him. I, I, I like seeing him flourish. It's great. It is, it, yeah, it is great. I think a lot of people said a lot of horrible things about him and are now acting like they're his best friend or something when he got on Twitter. But like, it's just he, he's a good player. He's always been a good player, and he, he's adding. He's he's somewhere where he can kind of be a bit of a main man for for West Ham. No matter how they end the season, I think they're gonna just need to go out get a Jesse Lingard deal done by striker as well, and then I would probably keep the rest of the squad as is. Like unless a great deal comes up for someone that's going to improve the starting eleven, I think you keep this squad together. We don't know what's going to happen with Declan Rice. You do need to get someone. You will need to get someone next season as well to kind of replace Mark Noble. But like, take your time with that. You got one more season. Yeah. Uh, but just don't don't break this squad. You don't need to sell. don't sell. Mark Noble does add a lot, even like to this day. He adds that extra burst of leadership and energy. Yeah, he's so still that's he's still a good player. Like, he doesn't look like a guy who's about to retire because he still plays. He's have a lot of energy. Like it's not like looking. It's not yeah. like a Gary Neville in his final game against Premier. You're not looking at a guy and going, How, why are you on this pitch? Like He, he still is a Premier League quality player. Yeah. So maybe he's just had enough. He thinks he's done his bit. But yeah, he's a leader. And now they've got someone in there creating and scoring. So there you go. There's been a lot of wasted money at that club. Yeah. But it looks like they've got a manager they believe in and some that they believe in. It was a tough phase for them not too long ago. So this season is such a breath of fresh air for them and the fans. Yeah, they've always been very up and down. Like they never do anything really, and they said they wasted so much money on just very averages. Like like and yeah. the Pyatt situation under under Billich was about like the best that it got again, and then it just fell off a cliff. And they were just left with kind of this squad, really makeshift squad of just people that weren't weren't up to it. Like Felipe Anderson when they spent all that money on him. Yeah. And he just did absolutely nothing for them. And everyone kept telling us he was this incredible player. <laughs> yeah. Yarmolenko. He's still there, dude. <laughs> Would you believe it? I want to check something. You reminded me. Payet. I just want to go to Twitter and type Lingard and Payet. I want to see what comes up. I don't think... Lingard, don't Surely. think Lingard's a great free kicks, but yeah, the Pyatt situation was a weird one. I wonder if anyone's saying that Lingard's better than Pyatt. I wonder. Jesse Lingard is becoming a bit like Pyatt. <laughs> See, those comments are there. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So come on, you irons. I don't know why I said that, but good on y'all. Do well and get in the top four. That'd be fine. Yeah, just get in the top four ahead of Chelsea and Liverpool. Yes, please. please. Or at least one of them, because I think they're probably going to drop off. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be uh, it's probably going to be Chelsea. Eight games are left. There's seven games left. Yeah. Leicester are only two points in the top four. And they're only halfway into their regular meltdown. So. Yeah, they've got seven more games to yeah. cock this up again. <laughs> Who's going to get the red card this time in an important game? Oh, good question. 
Uh, I think yeah. that was it Madison Chowdhury and one other player weren't a squad yeah. because yeah. they broke yeah. COVID rules and were at a house party the day before. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, you're in the middle of just nurturing your top four hopes. Party. And like they've won two league games out their last out their last six. Like, <laughs> okay, predictions. Who's gonna get? Who's gonna get the red card in the coming game? Someone's gonna get the red card. Gonna get the red card. I, just, I just think I think they're just gonna lose. Like, who have they got next? They've got oh, they got oh, they got West Brom and Palace next. So they might be. That's to be honest, they've actually got a That's good run. Good. Like they got West Brom at home, Palace at home. Away at Southampton's yeah. not great. Home at Newcastle. Away at us. It's the last four, the last three that could do it. They're away to us. Away to Chelsea, and at home to Spurs. Mm. That could be it. Oh damn! That, that's where it's going to happen. They're going <laughs> to lose all three of those. I'm going to say either Tillemans or Evans will get the red card. Ah, not Johnny Evans. He'll be injured by Thank then. Thank you. Will. <laughs> but yeah, uh, good on West Ham. Good on them. Yeah, good, good on, good on West Ham. Uh, my my final question because we've we've done a lot of rambling this time. Yes, let's just take let's just take the three this time. It's 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 going to be Jose. And ah, that was one of my questions. There you go. Oh, okay, <laughs> what was your question? And then we'll we'll let me um, talk about Jose for a bit. Yeah, sure, because I read an article from Michael Cox on the Funny Athletic, name. and. LOL, but I'm tsh, but uh, yeah, he said that Jose focuses on man marking, and again, his comments after the loss to who did they lose to before United? I forget. Oh yeah, Newcastle. Yeah, they drew, they drew to Newcastle. So yeah, he said that same system, like same manager, different players, or something like that. But the entire point of that was. And the fact that he plays man marking is to shrug as much responsibility off him and onto the players. Because if it's zonal, which I think puts a lot of like you know, of the blame on the manager because it's you who's playing the system. And man marking, it's up to the players to manage what they're doing. And especially when it comes to like corners and defensive setups. You see Spurs really weak at times. And Mourinho, whatever he's doing, kind of feels like an attempt to shrug off this coat of negativity and doubt on his ability that, you know, that's being cast on him. So, yeah, that was my question. Like, what do you think about that? And what do you think is the method to Jose's current... Uh, quote unquote madness. Yeah, it, it, I was about to say. I think first off, there's. I don't think there's anything wrong with Jose's coaching. Obviously, I'm not there for the training session, so I don't know that for certain. I think there's a big lack of quality in this Spurs squad. That, like, the Spurs squad line on paper, but when he's having to start like a back two of Eric Dyer, and uh, who's like, is he a defensive midfielder? Is he a centre half? What is he? Nobody knows. Um, but he's no Fabinho for much for certain Fabinho is outstanding Mm. in midfield and solid at the back Eric Dyer is neither and uh, and then 
Joe Roden, who might be a great player one day, but he's, he got pulled out of the championship last summer, last day of the domestic transfer window. And he kind of comes in for a few games whenever people aren't really available. That defensively, just, he just doesn't have the players to do that. Like, But there is kind of the same Simeone thing that I was talking about earlier. The opposite of that is he's got some unbelievable attackers. Like he's got Human Song, Harry Kane are two probably yeah. the best attackers. Like, like Europe is is so rich in attacking talent, obviously. But those two, you could make an argument for them both, like being two of the best. And they're just not allowed to express that, like in any way. Bay, everyone gets told is this great passer of the ball, this great midfield general. So, don't know what's going on there. Hodgeberg is, is fine. He's a good defensive midfielder. He's to break up the play. He does a good but he's not, he's not exceptional. Uh, let, let me bring this up because you mentioned him, right? Uh, this is from The Athletic once again. Um, this is a graph of chances, of goals, assists, and build-up play, right? And how much the particular players contribute and their involvement in moves leading to non-penalty goals in the Premier League this year and Hoybe has one goal three assists and 18 involvements in goals uh, you know leading from build up play which is the most so yeah so he's integral to Spurs in breaking up play and feeding the attackers so he's been a good signing but there's just I just don't think there's enough to around there and I think it mixes in with the fate does kind of play a very stagnated approach when it comes to attack of of it like they went one nil up yesterday and there was a big barrier it. we're not i think we're going to manage to n- do an entire podcast about moaning about var um so i'm not even going to bring it up um <laughs> but straight after that everyone's eated spurs get a good goal like few through uh through song and a good goal and then the second half comes around and we draw level through fred a little bit of fortune in the goal but a good strike and from there Weirdly, like watching the game live at the time, I was just obviously hoping. But when I got to think about it, I was like, when we drew level, that game was only going one way. Yeah. They, totally. It was almost like Spurs had lost their 1 0 lead. They now were playing for a draw. <laughs> they were playing for a win beforehand. Okay, 1 0 now. We're playing for a draw. There was one occasion when we were 2 1 up where I think Spurs did nearly score. And then in injury time, we killed the game off through Greenwood. But it is just very negative. Like you said that they're, they're trying to shake off the negative cloud. But it's not just coming from Jose. It's also coming from the players a little bit where they just seem to lack belief yeah. that they can score, which is weird when you've got Harry Kane up front. I don't know how Harry Kane has got so many goals this season when you watch Spurs play. The guy, if <laughs> if Lewandowski decided to retire tomorrow and you put Harry Kane in a bye inside, I think he would get... I don't know if you'll get Lewandowski numbers, but he would not be far away. Like in any way, shape or form. He's an unbelievable forward. I think they relied on counters and earlier with him and Son, it was clicking incredibly well. And it's kind of slowed down since. It has, but this was just nothing no B. And they, it is exactly how United under Jose, which was just, towards the end, it was just very live. It's, it's every team, yeah, but he, and it, it does it does happen. Like he does need more quality at the back. He doesn't have 
like good defenders but one thing that was just was an absolute contrast bear in mind you got our United's last two managers our current manager went 1-0 down and the team kept going kept pushing and won 3-1 our previous manager went 1-0 up and then that was job done and had nothing else and yeah. that's it like it almost it kind of vindicated the fact of what Oli was saying about the last match against Spurs where we got battered 6-1 is that it hurt it hurt the pride they they had a big kind of rethink and reshuffle after that game about some of the players and the way they were playing and by the end of we've turned around and yes I don't know it's just shows, eh? what more is there to really say about the guy like he's had a great career but his Spurs side are are absolutely dire but I'm at the back yeah with Eric Dyer um, yeah, I agree with you. Also, shout out to Pogba, who had an incredible game yesterday. He did play well, and I think when Greenwood came on in the second half, he, yeah. he, he was fantastic. Carney was everything that we needed him to be yesterday, which is, he's a world-class centre-forward. His movement is is unbelievable. Like, he, despite the guys coming into a little bit of the twilight of his of his career and there's all sorts of rumours that he's kind of done with Europe at a Boca Juniors or whatever but his movement off the ball to get on the end of that Greenwood cross like the defender was nowhere near him he'd absolutely baffled whoever it was yeah and like you can say about the, the goal that was disallowed as well even though it got disallowed for since it was still a great goal for him yeah he was he, he was very good yesterday as well yeah he's everything Martial isn't <laughs> Right, on to the final question. And this one isn't really too complicated. It's quite simple. In recent games, like this has been a trend for a while, but let's look at some of the recent games, right? Manchester City versus Leeds. I think it was, what, 29 shots to two? It was something Mm -hmm. like that. And Leeds won that game, right? With 10 men. 10 men, indeed, 10 men. So, 29 to 2, yes. You then have the Bayern PSG game. Bayern were knocking on the door constantly. And all it took was a few attacks from Mbappe to break the team down. You then had the game against Leipzig, where the tables were turned, where Bayern got the goal. And the entire time it was Leipzig knocking on the door, but they couldn't get the breakthrough. And this is such a common trend in football, that the team with the most number of chances ends up squandering them more and the team on the counter just ends up picking them off what do you think about that because it, it just kind of it's, it, it's kind of odd if you think about it because you would expect a team to finish but it's not like the team doesn't have good finishers it just feels like a really odd trend what do you think about that I don't, I don't think this is a really this is just a little bit where stats yeah. tell you a lot but, and they can when you look at these Man City lead stats you said 29 goals uh, 29 shots sorry uh, it's two yeah. like Leeds you play with 10 members of the game and they were away but it's what stats can tell you is what these shots are like many of these shots are just pot shots from 30 yards how many of these shots are, are just snatched shots that hit the defender how many are this like how many are actual chances I guess well, is what, what I'm yeah. going to say because you can take 29 shots from anywhere on pitch 
at any time, that's going to continue to count them. And I think what it says more is that when a side has so many shots and they're losing the game, drawing game to a side that aren't have many, is that they're getting frustrated. They're trying to pass it around as Man City do. They're trying to create. They're trying to get their creative players on on the front foot. They've had the ball for five minutes now, just around half, and someone's just taken a random pot shot. From here, it's hit end as someone else takes a snapshot. It flies over the bar. Then you've got two shots on the on the ball, like which which does make them look very silly. And it was an odd a AF game, but yeah, like. Yeah, it it does happen, but you just gotta just gotta look and think how many of these chances were actual chances. Like, cause if we look at here, twenty nine shots, seven were on goal, eleven were off goal, eleven were blocked. So f- f- you've got to take your hats off to the Leeds defenders. Off, like especially when it went down to ten men, they were drilled. They knew what they were doing. They frustrated City. I think that Leeds haven't done this season. Like we all think about the the Leeds game against us against Man United, where they just they had defenders. If you look, they weren't there. Like, literally, they weren't where they're meant to be. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but I I don't know if it's 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 not so much a trend. It's just a sides counter attack days. The games change. Yeah, but it, yeah, I, I get what you're trying to say. But there are so many instances where, quote unquote, the teams that play better that have been the better side don't end up winning City I don't think City played better than Leeds no, but do you not think that Bayern played <laughs> better than PSG in that game this is another thing just because you've had lots of the ball you've created lots of chances that's not playing better like yeah that's not, that's no, my I point that's my that's better than PSG because PSG scored three goals like and that's what that's what football's about you don't always have to beautiful football the better quote-unquote football to score the goals sometimes you just got to sure. exploit the team's weakness and that's what they did like so i think psg did play better like they they had one plan which was counter with pace they knew it was going to work and it worked like and like with leads they sit deep the entire game going down to 10 men wasn't part of the plan but it, but it happened so they stuck to what they knew would work which is to sit deep and frustrate see them have the ball and city would get frustrated and take stupid shot and it's a plan that's what people right. tend to do that's what people talk about with united is that united can't deal with the low block and so it's let us have the ball knowing that for that we aren't going to create chance if you man mark bruno fernandez and and kind of take him out we get frustrated but like luckily this season that's not worked as well as previous seasons um, we haven't had Bruno Fernandes, and it's just kind of been Pogba's been the one in that role. But I don't think it's, it's a trend. I think it's just tactics from from other sides who know they're not going to have the. Like, I think Leeds would have been Leeds thinking right. We're not going to let City have the ball. We're going to try and press them. What happened happened so much this season to them would have happened again. They would have gone down five or six. Yeah, right. Do you think Bayern played better than PSG? Uh, you lost. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't think so. I think PSG was the were, like, I saw a quote afterwards that from Alfonso Davis, who was saying that he thinks because you created thirty-one chances, you did well. I don't think you did. I think that's that's him sticking up his team because 
the very obvious plan, which is that if you count, if you count by pace, you're going to get 101 chances. Like in, like you didn't, they didn't deal with that at all. The players. Okay, the okay. Let's be honest. If Lewandowski was playing and we had someone who could finish the goals, this game would have been like six three yeah. by him. So, but then there's a the weakness in the squad and in the coaching that you didn't, you knew you weren't going to have Lewandowski. It didn't happen. On but we didn't have options. We didn't. We didn't have Gnabry who could start up top. We had two Yeah, <laughs> but then right. Why did you sign? More <laughs> to the point. But like, I I, I don't I know. That kind of falls on Blick and whoever to make that decision. Then that you went in the season. Well, he's leaving. Everyone's he's leaving off. now. I'm I'm mad about that. He's he's like he's. Why is he being such a dick about it? I'm sorry, Blick. But answer the questions if you're going to stay or not. Yeah, your end of the season starting to look a little bit drab you're still going to win the league but yeah. you know what happens against PSG hopefully. you're going to win but hopefully it's, it's, hopefully uh, Rahul's bet is coming to the end for regular listeners of the podcast Rahul has the buy-in <laughs> don't win the league of this season that's right don't need it before well it's going to be close started. it's going to be close so well, yeah, it's going to be close so let's, let's wait hopefully Bayern win hopefully Bayern win oh well oh well well, that should be everything. Um, thank you all for tuning in. You can go plug yourself, Nathan. Yeah, you can find me at Nathan Greenway on Twitter. Uh, head over to Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinion. Uh, I'm on weekly talking about TV and uh, movie that. Uh, my other comedy podcast, That In Sport. A new episode's coming next week. It's at That In Sport or That In Sport on Twitter. Uh, if you want to hear me talk more football, I'm on projects every Saturday on Plus at a Time with my co-host Dara. And uh, yeah, otherwise, Rahul, thanks thanks for having me. This was fun. Indeed, indeed. Um, you can check out our website, theconventionalonline.com for articles and stuff. You can check us out on Twitter at TC9Podcast and Instagram. Right? Don't post anything. Uh, you can check out our YouTube channel now where... I have posted the first video about the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul, which is basketball. But yeah, check us out. And we'll be back soon to talk about, I guess, more football. And then soon we'll be back to the UFC, which I'm sure Nathan's excited about because he wasn't there for the last one. Yep, can't wait. Can't wait, can't wait. All right, yo. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back soon. Thank you. Bye.